In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the passages leading up to this morning's lesson, St. Mark gives an uninterrupted demonstration of Jesus' purpose and power. Launching into his ministry after his baptism, he sweeps across his homeland of Galilee, teaching and healing. Again and again, witnesses to his dynamic work marvel at the charisma with which he restores and heals all those who come to him. However, in the background of this morning's lesson, a mounting resistance to Jesus has begun, coming from two groups of people. On the one hand, we have the religious leaders of Israel, skeptical and distrustful of the itinerant prophet from the backwater Nazareth. The leaders seek out how to take down this hugely popular figure before he destabilizes the fragile peace they've negotiated with the Romans. In contrast, some of Jesus' own disciples and followers form the other group, and they eagerly await this very thing. They think that his teachings and his astonishing actions are a sign that Jesus will soon cast out the pagan occupation and restore the nation to its former glory. These groups both make a mistake of interpretation, seeing Christ as a zealot ready to set up a first-century nation, rather than seeing Christ as ushering in a spiritual renewal of Israel and, his, and its relationship with God as well as, ultimately, the redemption of Jew and Gentile alike to the end of making a kingdom indeed, but one that will have no end. St. Mark's gospel in its entirety is very sensitive to this error of perspective. Throughout the story, the miracles mainly show that Jesus' message and ministry are the true work of God, and they are authenticated as the sign that the reign of God on earth is beginning. The healing of the deaf-mute in this morning's lesson, then, proclaims this heavenly perspective through its fulfillment of a prophecy poem, a poem written in the book of Isaiah. Quote, Be strong, fear not. See, your God comes with vengeance and with dread retribution. He comes to save you. Then shall blind men's eyes be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb shout aloud. They shall enter Zion with shouts of triumph, crowned with everlasting gladness. Gladness and joy shall be their escort, and suffering and weariness shall flee away." In connecting this healing miracle from this morning's lesson with this poem from the book of Isaiah, St. Mark is giving his readers clues for interpreting it and the rest of the miracles in the gospel. Miracles are not merely shows of power so as to astonish crowds. Instead, they are signs that God is active, that he is redeeming all things and making his faithful people whole and permanently happy ultimately in a paradise made for them where death and suffering are defeated. Jesus' miracles always teach us to hope that this is the big picture and the ultimate end to which all of God's work is building. Sometimes we may see signs of this in short-term healings, 
deliverances, personal transformations. But even these exist only to show us that our final redemption is yet to come. The evidence of miracles may assist us in our ability to hope that God is doing what he promised to do. But while these miracles are signs within a grand drama, they are also acts of particular and individual mercy. When Jesus meets the deaf mute, he takes him away from the crowd and speaks to him. The pains of particular people are known to him. Jesus never forgets each person and the needs of each person that bring them to him. Even so, he is always aware of how that present moment, that individual pain, relates to the ultimate plan for all things. And so we arrive at this morning's miracle, we see Jesus acting in perfect awareness of all the levels of the divine plan. Jesus is aware that salvation has been promised since the fall of humanity. Jesus is aware that the blessings were promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus is aware that the restoration was promised in the prophetic poems of Isaiah. Walking through the Decapolis among these diverse crowds, Jesus is aware that even then he was surrounded by a people who had variously heard and misheard him, who were preparing to join with him to the death or to turn against him and put him to death. And Jesus is also aware, despite all this, that there is a hurting human being in front of him who just wants to be made whole again. Thus, he looks to heaven and then looks straight at the man, touches him, and says, Be opened. And so a man who was deaf begins to hear. A man who was mute begins to speak aloud and rejoice. All is a sign. A sign that Jesus' message of God's kingdom is real and it has arrived. A sign that Isaiah's poem of hope to a sad and scattered people is being fulfilled. A sign that the promise of a place and peace and rest to the wandering Abraham has not been forgotten. And a sign that God is making good on his assurance to an exiled Adam and Eve that their children would again find paradise and home. The miracle here is that a man regains his hearing and his voice. But that's just the beginning. The miracle here is that Christ has made a broken man into a living symbol of God's goodwill to make all things new and to make good on his promises. And so we too need to hear the words, be open. This morning, Christ's command to be open comes to us in our common prayer to receive again the miracle of prayer. We pray this morning because Christ declared our ears open to receive his word, declared our mouths opened to reply. We pray this morning because to pray is a miracle worked by God before we first thought to ask for it. We pray this morning because God welcomes us into his work by which our needs and cares and anxieties are now made new to join in his ultimate plan, by which our times become images of his purpose for all times. 
When we receive the miracle of prayer, we come with the painful effects of sin and fallenness in the world. And yet, we find God forgiving and restoring. We seek what is good and life-giving, and behold, we find God delivering a greater good than we thought to ask for. When we pray, as God has given us ears and mouths to pray, we enter the place where God is always speaking, always listening, where Jesus has always been knowing us as those afflicted by suffering or the perplexity of our times or by the profound sense of exile we have carried with us since the fall. When we receive again the miracle of prayer this morning, we will find Jesus, and he will make us living symbols of the work that God is doing in and for all things, living signposts who point to the kingdom where Jesus reigns as the good king, the kingdom which no enemy will overthrow, no decadence will corrupt, no sorrow or sickness will ever afflict. The kingdom where the ultimate problems of sin and sickness and death are healed for good, and where the hope of resurrection and restoration are realized and enjoyed forever. And so we pray a miracle this morning. Almighty and everlasting God, who art always more ready to hear than we are to pray, and art wont to give more than we desire or deserve, pour down upon us the abundance of thy mercy, forgiving us those things whereof our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things which we are not worthy to ask, but through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ our, our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.